Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's roll, baby. It's a special edition of New York, New York midweek. Yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski. And normally, I start the show and I do my thing. But there's a certain power of the monologue. I learned this from a certain someone. So today, it's a, it's a rare instance where I get a monologue kind of in a free-flowing conversation kind of way because this guy's joining the show. You hear him on SiriusXM. Monday QB, time to shine. He's got 10 zillion gigs. He's got a podcast. Shine, you know it's a big spot when I'm giving up the monologue to chop it up with you. What's happening, brother? Wow, that's an honor, JJ, because your monologues are fantastic. It's it's good to hear your voice, man. I'm thrilled to be back. Well, listen, there's a lot to chew on here. And I'm going to set the stage for Football Friday. I love your Football Friday. There's nothing like Football Mondays and Football Fridays, although... When, when Shine's telling me the Dolphins are going to make me cry, I'm not particularly happy about that. Uh, I wasn't in a good mood hearing that a little Monday ago, but for, forget about all that. I want to start with the local stuff. I want to start with the Jets because Shine, they're four and five. Their defense is awesome, but their quarterback is so inept, is so bad, is so pathetic that even with this illusion of Aaron Rodgers riding 
into December. And even with the possibility of, all oh, the defense can go and win them games, they stole one against the Eagles. They stole one against the Bills. They're getting ready for these two monstrous games. They haven't scored a touchdown in weeks. How am I supposed to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to come back to a season that means something? So, like, it's all well and good that he wants to come back. Sean, how can you honestly believe this Jet team is going to be playing for something in December or going into January? Because I can't. You can't believe it. And I think that there is a, a really weird delusional sentiment, J.J., around this team. And, and frankly, I think it starts at the top, right? Look, last year, let's go back to one year ago. I was on your podcast, and I said to you, there is no chance Zach Wilson will ever play again for the Jets. Mike White was playing. The team was energized. They were in route to making the playoffs. Just like a lifetime ago. So many things have happened, right? Zach Wilson was the worst. He was the worst quarterback in the league. He acted like Jamarcus Russell on and off the field. Remember that Patriot press conference last year? And I think that's important to go back. You almost have to remind Jets fans and Joe Douglas and Robert Sala about last year. This is not a surprise. This should not be a surprise. They don't score touchdowns. The quarterback can't function. In a league that features Mac Jones and features Jordan Love, Zach Wilson is the worst, the worst quarterback in the NFL, and it's not even close. There are a plethora of backups I'd rather have. If this guy was on the streets, the Browns wouldn't bring him in. He's terrible. He sucks the life out of the team. He has no internal clock. And if the Jets were just somewhere between bad and average at quarterback, then they would be in position for Aaron Rodgers to come back and take this team with this unbelievable top three to five defense in the NFL and make a playoff run in an AFC that has a lot of good teams, but not a great team. But Joe Douglas, and I find this whole thing so bizarre, Joe Douglas should have confidence in himself. And his stock, frankly, with the with the press, with fans, with everyone in the locker room, Joe Douglas has built a great team. He is stuck on Wilson. I hated the pick when they made it. There were so many great players in that draft. Look, I refer to the draft as the Howie Roseman invitation, right? The Eagles general manager. It's a great line. You're laughing. I like it. I do. He once drafted Rieger over Jefferson. Mistakes happen. It's not an exact science. The best GMs admit their mistakes and move on. And the fact that, and I'm, I'm getting angry. I'm not even a Jets fan because I have so many friends who are Jets fans. I want the Jets to be relevant. I want them to be dominant. The fact that they didn't bring in another quarterback, whether we're talking about Ryan Tannehill, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, Sean, they could have had him a week ago. Of course. A week Carson ago. I'm Wentz. not saying he'd be as good as he's playing in Minnesota, but I guarantee you this. He might have won him that Raider game last week. He might have won him the Charger game two weeks ago. Patriots game, Charger game, Raider game. And you make such a good point. I've been screaming about this. I know you listen on, on, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. The Charger game, forget that final score. If they had a competent quarterback, they absolutely could have won that game. That's trying. They went by 10-plus points. Didn't 10 do plus a thing. points. Not, didn't do a thing in that game. What a complete and utter waste. And in a year where you're going to have a lot of 
flawed teams find a way to the playoffs. Like, I think Pittsburgh is going to the playoffs. They have flaws. You know, I think Cleveland died with Deshaun Watson getting hurt. They could make it's not it's not crazy. The Texans was Stroud and he's got MVP vibes. He's my leader, D'Amico Ryan. Houston's not a juggernaut. You're gonna find teams that make the playoffs that have flaws. Seven teams in the conference, obviously. It is such a sin and a damn shame that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, these comments, the delusion, you know, of course it's Zach Wilson's fault. And look, O-line is not very good. Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, his his best thing he has going is being Aaron Rodgers' best friend. I mean, that's must that's be nice. Stuff. Must I be mean, nice. I mean, listen, and I happen to like Nathaniel Hackett as a play caller. Go back to Syracuse with Greg Paulus and Doug Marone, Buffalo, Blake Bortles, the MVP years with Rodgers. I am just, I'm sick for the Jets fan that we're here right now because Zach Wilson is the worst. Okay, where do you stand on Salah next year? Because the feeling I get, Sean. They're going to look at the Aaron Rodgers injury. They're going to look at their defense. And they're going to say, you know what? Mulligan, we're giving you next year. And here's my thing with Salah. I don't think he's a big-time coach. I think he's terrible in game. I think his teams are unprepared and undisciplined at times. He's got to take a major hit for that. But Zach Wilson is his quarterback. And I think we both agree if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the team this year, I'm not saying they win the AFC East. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But they're a playoff team. They are definitively a playoff team in the AFC if Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. So, Adam Shine, I let you be Joe Douglas. He dropped the ball by not bringing in a backup. The fact that Zach Wilson was back here is an absolute disgrace. Yep. Salah next year. Because I think we're in agreement they're probably not going to make the postseason when it's all said and done. Agreed. Is Salah your coach next year? Look, I'm with you on every word that you just uttered on Robert Sala. And and even more, and I don't think he's a great in-game coach, there's still J.J. and I don't know quotient about him. Like, I, I don't know. I wish we could see him with a real quarterback. It's pretty crystal clear that when it comes to his word choice on Wilson when he speaks, whether it was the whole plead the fifth with Michael Kay or his press conferences, which are really soul-sucking if you're a Jets fan, you know, Joe Douglas is pulling the strings and, and Salah's a puppet here. So, look, do I think all of a sudden he's going to become a, a great head coach? I don't. I think it's actually unless things just spiral and it's all his fault, which I don't think will be the case. I think he's kind of a lock to come back because the quarterback is that inept and it's the general manager who is adamant that Wilson is Salah's quarterback. Um, I know you've spent some time with Aaron Rodgers on your show. You've had him yeah. on a bunch. You had him on before the start of the year. It's always a great spot. The sense you get. And if the Jets are out of it and they lose to Buffalo and they lose to Miami and they're, I don't know, a 5% chance of making the playoffs, a 6% chance of making the playoffs, I feel like this rhetoric and this narrative of him coming back this year is probably going to get silenced and it's probably going to lose a lot of steam. But let's say, Shine, they're kind of in the mix. They have like a 15 to 20% chance of making the playoffs right around Christmas time. You think we see Aaron Rodgers on the field this year? Absolutely. If you say 15 to 20% chance and it's not zero and Rodgers is cleared, and I know I just gave you three if scenarios, 
but it sounds like we're on track. Look, I don't think the Jets will be eliminated by Christmas Eve. You know, I think with the defense, they'll be able to win a game you don't expect. Like, I, I don't think they'll be out of it. It Rodgers, you know, the power of manifestation for him and, you know, his approach, and, and you know I love him, and his work ethic's unbelievable, and he's played through pain in his entire career, and he's a great kind of crazy. Like, you you tell him he can't do something, he's going to go out no, and No, he wants it. to stick it up your rent. That's 100%, what he wants to do. 100 he, And he's got that Mamba mentality. Say what you want about him, but he's, and you know I love him. Yeah, in the scenario, the picture that you just painted, he'll, he'll be back. Absolutely. Let's get to the Giants. I know you were down on them going into the year. Listen, the rest of the season, Sean, bottom line, and I hate being that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. They can't win another game. Like Tyrod Taylor, send him to vacation. Send him to Aruba. Send him anywhere. He cannot be playing any games for the Giants because Tommy DeVito is not going to win him games. You saw him at Syracuse. I saw him at Syracuse. He stinks. He is awful. So they're set up to tank. They're set up to fail. We both like Brian Dable. Are you surprised it's this bad for the Giants this year? Because I am. I thought they might take a step back. They had all the signs of a team that overachieved and kind of squeezed every last ounce out of what they were a year ago. I thought they might get to eight, nine wins. I picked them to be the last team in the playoffs. Major egg on my face. Couldn't have been more wrong. Are you surprised it's this bad this year with the Giants? Record-wise, no. Aesthetics, I'm floored. They, they look atro- like it's over in the first quarter in every single game. I mean, JJ, week one. 40 to nothing against the Dallas Right Cowboys. after that field goal block. I mean, it kind of set a tone for the entire set season. Set a tone. Now, I, I will say this, right? You get things right, you get things wrong. I'll, I'll toot my own horn on this in terms of over-unders. I thought the best bet for an over beginning of the year, we did it on, on our podcast, the Houston Texans. Nice. The, well the done. The best bet for an under, the New York football Giants. And I went through that schedule, and I thought Washington was going to be about an eight-win team, miss the playoffs. I thought the Giants were a last-place team, and I thought they were going to win five, six games. And I love Dayball. I just don't think they have any players. I think Dan- the whole thing was botched with Daniel Jones. He earned the right to come back. He played well enough to come back franchising. If you've been following his career, he was never the guy. Now, there have been obvious examples where the Giants look dazed, confused, lost, inept. I still will always say it's all the remnants of disaster from the Dave Gettleman era. The team has no talent. And last year was more of the fluke than this year. I love Dayball. He hasn't done a good job. I I love Shane. He made mistakes in the offseason. You just nailed it. And the Giants are doing it. And, And I bet we never see Tyrod Taylor again. They need Tommy DeVito to stay healthy. Do the job. All year. Do the job. Because. They can't function. And, you know, go back to that Giants-Jet game. I, I was watching it. I'm watching the Oh, Red it was Club. riveting. It was so bad, it was good. You, you know, Catalan's one of my best friends one of the from best. college. He's calling the game. You know, and, and Dayball, when he trotted out and injured Gano, I'm like, the hell is going on here? After he missed earlier in the game from like 40-something yeah. yards, I'm like, come on, man, get a yard. Get a and yard. Just get a yard. And if you get a yard, you end the game. And then they get the flip of the coin for overtime, and he takes the ball. He literally wasn't throwing with the veto the whole game. I'm like, this is as bad as it gets. Or 
it's genius because they have the Patriots head to head and there's no chance they win that game for a variety of reasons. Because DeVito, I mean, look, we saw him in college. There's a reason he's still living with his parents because he's not going to be on a roster. He's not going to be invited to camp at any team next year. I mean, it's, what, what, what are we, what, it's Tommy DeVito. So, I mean, I don't know. I can kind of feel it. I can kind of taste it. The only fly in the ointment I think is Carolina is that awful. Like they have been, and no one really cares about the Panthers. People don't talk about it. The grossest team in the in the league, bar none. The three ugliest teams to watch this year have been Panthers, Giants, Patriots, in that order. Chicago has flirted with that, in my opinion. But there's a shot, a real shot. Caleb Williams is going to be the Giants quarterback. And that would change everything for this franchise. That would be, I mean, you think about, you know, everything that's happened since, since what? The Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Since, I mean, that's, that's the last the 10 last, years have been a disaster. It, There's no getting around it. A disaster. It would be the greatest moment in the last decade, bar none, if the Giants can get the number one pick in this draft. And to be honest, Sean, if they end up one or two, they're in a great spot. I, I mean, if completely. they end up with May, I think they're a okay. And who knows? Maybe a team likes May more than they like Caleb Williams. I'd be surprised if that's the case. I think the Caleb Williams hype train will start gaining a whole lot of steam, but. Sean, we also lived through a situation a long time ago where Eli Manning said, hey, guess what? I'm not going to San Diego. I want to be a giant. Could Caleb Williams pull a power play? I wouldn't put it past him. Are you saying pull a power play and, let's say, not want to go to Chicago? Yeah, and say I want to go to the Giants. Why not? Stranger things have happened. Uh, That's that's a really interesting point. Uh, You you make a great point, JJ, because – and, and Caleb Williams, you know, I his, the people around him have been pretty mouthy. And I love Caleb Williams. Let me just say that for the record. I, I think Caleb Williams, you know, would step in and be a top 10, 12 quarterback. Gen- you say generational or you just say he's going to be? You know what? We all thought Lawrence was going to be generational. And that's he's, the only reason I pause. Because yep. he's good. Like, listen, if Lawrence is your quarterback, you're in good shape. The Jets screwed it up because they could have had Lawrence. They won a couple of games. The Rams days. game, yeah. Oh, it knocked me out of a big knockout pool and cost the Jets <laughs> for the next decade. So we, we both ended up losing. I thought that was going to be engagement ring money. Thought wrong. But anyway, um, if you end up with one of those top 10 to 12 guys, though, Sean, you're in good shape, especially now. The quarterback position in the league, I don't think it's ever been worse. There are so many bad quarterbacks starting on teams, dude. It's tough to watch a lot of these guys. It really is. Especially with the injuries, too. And you know, you make an interesting point just to even bring that full circle. You know, if, if I'm Caleb Williams and Chicago has the pick, I'd want to go to Chicago. I, I I think that it's still like you could talk to people even when Jordan was Jordan. It's still it's Bears. They love the Bears. They, they love, love the Bears. The Bears right? That's true. It's still a big market marketing opportunities. But I don't think Ryan Pauls knows what the hell he's doing. I don't think that Eberflus has any idea what the hell is going on. So, look, I never even considered what you're saying, but you make a good point. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. I bet you he would just go to Chicago because of all the reasons I mentioned. I think he'd be a rock star and a savior there. But that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. I think it's a wide-open NFL. Now, I think think San Francisco is the best team. I have money on them to win a Super Bowl. When they're healthy, when they're rolling, they're scary. And I can't. 
Sean, I kind of feel like they're due. You know, like they've been there now the last couple of years. They got the infrastructure. The coach is awesome, but he's never won the big one. And the two times he was there, once as a coordinator, once as a coach, he he liked those fourth quarters back, 28-3, Super Bowl Mm -hmm. Miami. But I love the Niners. To me, they're the team to beat. But then there's Philly and there's Kansas City and there's Baltimore, despite their fourth quarter issues. Cincinnati's got the rock star quarterback in Burrow, and they're badass. My team, they got to figure out how to beat a good team. That said, I love the coach, and the schedule is favorable. It's the week before Thanksgiving. How many teams do you think can win a Super Bowl right now? All right, let's play this out. First of all, I agree with you completely. It's my preseason pick. I've never wavered all year. San Francisco is my team. I am obsessed with the talent. I I mean, people are jumping off the bandwagon. I mean, Trent Williams was hurt. Debo was hurt. I, I They make the Chase Young deal. I, San Francisco, absolutely. I think there are four teams in the NFC that could win the Super Bowl. San Francisco, Dallas. Do you really? I think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are on a damn heater. I had Mike McCarthy on my show. I have a good relationship with McCarthy, and I like Mike. And say what you want about Mike and some game management stuff. Listen, and they win They win games in the regular season every year. Can't they win games. Can't I, That team, it's going to sound like an excuse. They were so damn rocked by the Diggs injury, they lose to Arizona. So to me, they've had one bad loss this year, and that was a Niners game, and they got destroyed in a big spot. They outplayed Philly. And Prescott was magnificent in that game on the road. I asked Bill Cowher this question on on Tops a few weeks ago. I said, "Am I allowed to give a participation trophy and say I feel I felt better?" He's like, "Absolutely. I felt the exact same way." So the defense is terrific. I, I love what I've seen the way Prescott and Lamb have have bounced back. Cooks, Gallup, Ferguson, I think is underrated. The run game's good. It's not great. I put Dallas on this list. Philly's on the list. 100%. I don't look, 100%. And, and, and I think Philly's wobbly. I think I'm not picking Philly, but they're 100% on the list. Whether it's Patriots week one, Minnesota, whether all those self-induced mistakes, Washington twice, Dallas, I think if those teams were more buttoned up, they could have ultimately knocked off Philly. But they didn't, and give them credit. They, they've got, you know, obviously great defensive line, great offensive line. A.J. Brown, it feels like an MVP. I mean, it's it's been incredible to watch. Hurts is hurts. I put Detroit on the list. Detroit. Wow. I, I like the, the Lions. They're fun. I'm going to make money on them to win the division. I love the Goff story. It's amazing because yeah. everyone kicked him to the side. Everyone 100%. kicked him to the curb, and he's playing great. Here's my thing with them, Sean. I think they can win a playoff game or two. It's a big leap to go from being that team that hasn't won it forever. Now... Uh, I, I don't know. I can see him winning a playoff game or two. I can't see him in a Super Bowl. I so can't. I think you make a superb point. And here's the way they would have to do it. And I've I've looked at this at length. We talk about it a lot. I think they can get the one seed. And if they get the one seed, that's obviously, you know, it's like a yogiism. You know, you you can't lose if you don't play. And and I I really think if you look at their schedule versus Philly's schedule down the stretch of the season. The NFC might run through Detroit. I that opens still, the door. That opens, opens the, the door. door. It's a good I point. would still pick San Francisco, but I absolutely put Detroit in that mix. So that's the NFC. I'm not. I don't put Seattle there. 
I, I think the Vikings make the playoffs. I don't put them. Saints, please, not going to happen. So those are the four teams. Obviously, Kansas City. And, and I, I always want to scream, if you morons, like you, collectively in the AFC, let the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl this year, then you're all lost. Yeah, because then I, they're going to just continue to go because they're wounded. They don't have Tyreek Hill. Kelsey's getting older. Yep. Their offense is not the same because they nope. can't stretch the field. But you know what, Sean? Their defense is awesome. I saw it two weeks ago in Germany. Spags has maybe the best defense they've ever had in Kansas City. I think you nailed it. And that, that to me, is why the, I don't worry about this team in terms of, you know, being being ripe. To, like, like I like them against Philly on, on Monday night. I do, too. I do, too. Mahomes, as a small favorite, wins that game. Buy, he wins that game. I agree. 100%. Mahomes and Kelsey find a way to win that one. So Kansas City's five. Then I think you get into a really strange mix. Let's do this together. Baltimore. Baltimore's on my list. Ravens with Lamar. And I know Lamar has struggled in the postseason. Lamar, that defense, that head coach, absolutely can win the Super Bowl. Dangerous. I agree. And their advanced metrics are awesome. The fourth quarter of these games is a huge problem, though, Shine. Of and course. I, I kind of I put them on the list. I agree with you there. But I kind of see how this is going to end for the Ravens. They're going to have a 10-point lead. It's going to be the fourth quarter of a playoff game. And it's going to be Mahomes or it's going to be Burrow or it's going to be Tua. I'm just, I've seen it too much the last two years. There's something to that. I I can't ignore that. You know what I mean? So the next team on the list is Cincinnati. I agree. Because the quarterback is an assassin. He's an assassin. The quarterback is a goddamn killer. He's amazing. Chase is amazing. The defense makes plays. When they run Mixon, he runs with, with an anger that I like. Higgins needs to be healthy. Hendrickson needs to be healthy. I, I, I think Cincinnati's on that list. If you asked me a week ago, I would have put the Jags. I don't think I can do that. And I know I've been calling your team a bunch of frauds. Yes, I've enjoyed it. And I stand by that. And your well, they got to beat a good team. Like they, good they, team. they have the opportunities to do it. They play Dallas. They play Baltimore. Yeah. They play Buffalo. I don't know if we're putting Buffalo in that conversation as a good team because they're 500. But they also have the opportunity, Sean, in the playoffs. If they win a division, the Rams didn't beat a 500 team. That's right. The Kurt Warner team. That's right. They got in the playoffs. What did they do? They beat 500 better teams. So I get it. They haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. They've not been as good against top-notch competition. But, Sean, you mentioned a one seed. Miami's the two. And you got to go to South Florida with that yeah. offense. It's different in South Florida. I don't know what it is. They score teams always, in South Florida. And it's funny you brought up the Rams. I, I say this about your team all the time. I keep waiting for them to be Kurt Warner's Rams, and they're not. And that defense made plays and got the ball back. I think the big X factor for me, it's, it's Jalen Ramsey. If Ramsey is that true difference maker and alpha dog, I kind of want, I, I want, I want more, more jerks on the Dolphins, more attitude. Like I, I want, it's not even so much that you've lost to those teams. I don't even, I didn't find those games competitive. Like the, you got destroyed against Buffalo, you know, Evan flow. I didn't remotely think they were going to post against Philly. And I felt like that game was even more lopsided. Of course than it was. I mean, they got smoked at the line of scrimmage. Smoked. They weren't healthy, but they got smoked. They got smoked. So 
I'll be, you make a good point about the one seed. I can't put Miami on the list yet. I can't put Jacksonville on the list yet. But, you know, for the sake of conversation of teams that can, I'd put them on. Sad thing is, if we did this interview yesterday, I would have put Cleveland on the list. That I, defense is scary. And if they got anything out of Watson, look out. But now with no quarterback there. And I would have, you know, stepped further, like in that scenario you just painted, like with Miami as an example, right? Could Cleveland with Watson have gone on the road and beat Miami? Of course. Yeah. Gone on the road and beat 100%. Jacksonville? Of course. Gone on the road and beat a team like Kansas City? Of course. I mean, that's the kind of defense they have in Cleveland, but now it's over with DTR as the quarterback. Final one, and I have to have you leave on this thought. What has happened to our New York Yankees? We grew up with the New York Yankees as an organization, Shine, that did not tolerate and did not accept anything less than a championship. And whether that's fair or not is besides the point. They haven't won in 14 years. They haven't been there in 14 years. They're on planet delusion. Did you hear them last week? You would think that the Yankees have been one of the most well-run organizations in the sport or in any sport with the way they're carrying themselves. I think this is the most despondent I've ever been as a Yankee fan. And I know I'm a spoiled brat. You also are a spoiled brat. Mm -hmm. Is this the most despondent you have ever been as a Yankee fan? It's interesting. And you use the word despondent. I find myself despondent for my kids because they're not spoiled brats and they love the Yankees and they love to see what we witness. I, I find myself at times being so goddamn angry. And the other times, like the Cashman press conference, you know, I'm on a group chat with, you know, my four best friends from growing up and, you know, Yankees are our big theme. And like the name of the chat is Cashman's got to go. And, and, and Cashman has that press conference. And like we were all, and we're all diehard Yankee fans. Plus, you know, we got, we're all over the country now. And we're all just kind of like apathetic. And that's the part, like I've never been apathetic. Like I live for the Yankees. It's, it's my heart and my soul as a sports fan. I'm like, well, this is going to suck again because you know that Cashman is not making the right moves. I mean, you got a Hal Steinbrenner talk. I, he asked Nick Swisher if, if Aaron Boone could come back. Why do I give a damn what Nick Swisher thinks about the manager of the team? We're going to bunt more? And, and JJ, I like the new rules. I, I'm pro bunt, hit and run, stolen. But that's what you're going to sell to the fan base? We're going to bunt more? And by the way, it'd be one thing if we were, you know, the 85 Cardinals or the 2015 Royals. We can't bunt. We don't have any players on it. It's the same cash for didn't want Harper. They didn't want Machado. I begged them for Kyle Schwarber. You know, he's he's yelling, well, the Sunday grade deal. And I love the Sunday grade deal, right? See, Brian, maybe it's you. Yeah, how about you Gray's screwed up, and not New York. How about the fact that you screwed up Sunny Gray? That's they right. They did. They did. You screwed him up. Not the A's, not the Reds, not the Twins. This is not he didn't melt in New York. You screwed him up. So I, I I'm just I'm so frustrated. The whole Stanton agent thing is driving me nuts. And when 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 Hal gave that press conference, I literally I, I'm I'm watching it, the clips on Twitter, and I'm just I'm throwing my hands up because you know, in theory, 
if the Yankees acted like the Yankees, we could be back in business, make the playoffs, welcome to baseball with the new with the new rules and the new system. May just get in and you could find a way to make a run. But you know, the Orioles are young and talented. Tampa's Tampa. Toronto's loaded, even though they don't know what the hell they're doing. And the Red Sox are going to be improved. Not to mention every team, you know, out west. And it's it's so deflating. I, I love the season. I feel like I just missed baseball in September. Yankees were dead for eight weeks. Yankees were dead for eight weeks. Mets were dead for 10 weeks. Sucks. It just sucks. And you know they're not getting Soto. As much as you want them and I want them. That's that's the only way, Sean, they can get me back to me being, like, fired up going into the start of the year. You tell me Juan Soto's a Yankee, okay, uh, I'm back. Other than that, If Juan Soto was a Yankee. I mean, I'd be buying the kids' jerseys. Get them the I mean, jerseys. Like, get them the jerseys and get them the opening day. Yankee Stadium. Oh, oh my God. God. Be perfect. Be perfect. Are they going to do it? I mean, they haven't done anything. Until I see otherwise. Thanks for doing this. And a parting thought. Bag it, Colgate. Bag it, Colgate. <laughs> I never thought I'd be so excited about a win over the toothpaste school, Sean. But, you know, the last two years have happened, so... That was a nice comeback yesterday. I'll tell you I was a into quick it. story on two levels that you can appreciate. So I didn't see the game. I went to Peter Luger's for the first time since 2003. Oh, long overdue. What long a meal. Long overdue. I know oh, you're a big goodness. Luger's guy. Did, you, I, did Edelstein uh, pick up the tip? Or did Edelstein so get you the so uh, drinks? You'll, you'll love this. I, I'm in a fantasy baseball league, and they always have the, the year-end thing at Luger's. You know, I, I can't go if it's late. I got to get up. But you know me. So I'm like, they did it at 5.45. I'm like, great. So I go after work. I, we tape the show. I go. And it was awesome. I hadn't been to Lugers in 20 years. I'm a Del Frisco's guy, as you know. And I didn't get to see the game because we're at Lugers. I'm following it on my phone. I'm like, this is all. I was so pumped up for Syracuse basketball. And actually, at that Lugers dinner, phenomenal. I know you're a big Lugers guy. My buddy Adam, whose son Jack is a big fan of yours as well, he said, you got to get back on JJ's podcast. He never misses an episode of New York, New York. Well, I appreciate so that. So Luger's, Syracuse Colgate, and the JJ podcast all discussed this week. That is a trifecta right there. That's what you call bringing it full circle. And that's why, Sean, you got the monologue tonight. My guy. That, that's it. And then I, you know, like get back to business. You know, very few can work their way into the JJ monologue. You 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 uh, handled yourself pretty nice. It's an honor. Oh, of course. Adam Sean, keep killing it, man. Good seeing you, all right, buddy? See you, JJ. Certain guys get monologue privileges. Adam Sean gets monologue privileges. So we go from Adam Sean to CJ Uzama. And we'll see if he can try to talk us through what's happening with this jet offense each of the last two weeks. CJ joins us next. All right, let's welcome in our buddy CJ Uzama. He joins us throughout the season here on New York, New York. And, you know, CJ, the last time you were on the show, everything was pretty darn good in Jetland. You guys had won a couple of big games. You beat the Giants. You beat the Eagles. And since our last conversation, you guys haven't scored a touchdown. So we're not happy about that. I know you're not happy about that. Kind of talk us through what it's been like these last couple of games and the frustration for you guys as an offense. just being unable to score touchdowns, moving the ball, but can't score touchdowns. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Um, it is, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we can chalk it up to a multitude of things. Right. And, and every time it's, it's, you know, it's just one person or one misstep or, 
um, one miscue and we shoot ourselves in the foot, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's been frustrating. You know, I think um, one in part because our defense has been playing so well, right? And so um, it's tough. It's tough when your defense is playing unbelievably, and and then you can't put put points on the board. Um, and yeah, too, you want to you want to celebrate with your boys. You want to be in the end zone, and and you know you have some celebrations. You want to hit with some guys, and and you're not able to do them. And you know, I think that's the fun of football, right? Is is being able to play with your guys and have some celebrations lined up. And when you don't when you don't execute, you know, the way that you know you can, um, it's tough. It, it is. Penalty has been a problem for you guys all year, not just in this game against the Vegas Raiders, but obviously CJ was a big story. Coach talked about it after the game. You talked about it. The entire team's talking about it. And you were involved in one of the big penalties of the game. Is that one where you know right away, like we're watching it, you know, we're trying to go through it. Did you know right away at the goal line, they're going to flag me on this? Or is this something you're like, just please don't throw the flag. Please don't. Because my heart, when I see your name get called for the penalty, I'm like, no, not my guy, CJ. Come on, man. I want to let it be somebody else. Let it be the center. Let it be the left tackle. Not my guy, Uzama. Did you know right away they were going to get you? No, I'm going to be honest on that one. No. Um, on the first one, yeah, the, the first one was dumb. The first one was, um, it was just, it was wanting to do too much, right? And, and having a misstep and, and being late. But that, that goal line, when I'm going to be honest with you, like, to me, nine times out of 10, they don't call that on the goal line. Um, you know, in terms of myself, I'm like, all right, nice. It's Max. You got to expect Max Crosby to do a little something unorthodox on the goal line. But, you know, outside of Max, usually it's a crash and you stay crashed, right? So that's why I took the steps I did. But you got to know it's Max and he might do something something different. He's a, he's a different athlete. He's he's a freak and, and he kind of does his own thing some of the times and for, for a good reason, right? He's a good player. So, um yeah, no, I'm gonna be honest with you. I in my head, I didn't think there was a penalty at all. And then I look back and I'm like, damn, who, who held? And he said me, and I was like, Oh, they oh, they called me on that. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough. Um, it's one of those things, like you said, it's it's penalties. And um I think in the last four games we've had eight or nine penalties in each of those games. And and we you know, there's a I looked at it, we had like eighty plus yards or something, or aside from maybe the the Giants game where maybe it was like 45 yards or, or maybe the Chargers game was 45 yards. It's like 80 or 90 yards of, of penalties that we've had. And you can't win games like that really. Right. So um, you can overcome a couple of them. You can't overcome all of them. And yeah, unfortunately I was, I was a part of two that, that we weren't able to overcome in this past game. Okay. So there's like these cliches that you hear all the time. Me as a fan, we talk about them and I don't know how like realistic they are. How much of penalty CJ is just trying to do too much? How much of it is like some people say, oh, it's coaching, right? Like obviously coach and all of the other coaches are well aware of the fact that you guys had 80 something yards of penalties, right? Like if they could wave a magic wand, then obviously you wouldn't have 80 yards of penalties and it wouldn't be a storyline. It wouldn't be something that you're repeating week in and week out as a team. So what how do you how do you cut down on that not you, not just you but like as a as a unit as a team is it is it just like getting after it is it like being mindful of it like i know that might sound like a dumb question but like we're watching it and you guys are feeling the frustration the jet fan is feeling the frustration how how do you correct it i guess is my question yeah i think i mean i think what what we did today we kind of talked about it throughout the week of practice is, is, you know, the steps that we're taking and, you know, a, a controlled environment, right? So, you know, 
with going through drills, make sure that we're watching that, make sure there's no misstep, make sure, you know, for as a blocker, for the most part, it's through first two steps. Like once you get to a second level, obviously that's a little bit different. You have to run off the ball, but if your first two, if your first two steps are trash or you step underneath yourself or you're late off the ball, more than likely you're going to be in a bad position, whether it's going to be a holding, whether it's going to be, you know, maybe a block in the back, whatever the case is, if your first two steps aren't there, you're laid off the ball, you're screwed, essentially, right? So um, that's what we've been harping on. That's what we've been looking at. If we're, if we're in a drill and we don't have the first two good steps, we're going back, we're redoing it. We're looking, again, at ourselves during in film, making sure that those first two steps, maybe like afterwards you carry over three, four, but those are the most critical things, especially in the run game, especially with, with holding or, or, I mean, obviously right now I'm thinking about myself and, and kind of the O-line in, in, in terms of that, but um, without those first two steps, you're you're putting yourself behind the eight ball and you're more than likely going to get a holding call or, or something else. As far as the other penalties, the pre-snap penalties, the focus penalties, that's just a lack of focus, right? So that's making sure that we're locked in and, and um, hearing the play call. And Zach's been doing a good job of saying, hey, look, long one. Like, we got a long one. Make sure you listen. Make sure you listen to everything that's, that's being said and um, make sure we're locking in. And I think that's key too, right? Like, you can't, if you have a pre-snap penalty, to me, that's just a lack of focus. That's that's nothing more than you not paying attention to what's going on and you kind of hearing only one part of a play and, and tuning out. So, um, yeah, we get rid of that. And, and in my opinion, we're golden. Fair enough. Now, as far as like, is it true that you could almost look at an offensive lineman every single play and say, oh, there's a hold? You know, like, I feel like there are instances, CJ, where they kind of at times can pick and choose what they want to call is holding. Like, I, I almost feel like when I'm watching a football game, I feel like every play, you, if you really want, you, you could call a hold every play. So, like, what? If if you start getting to the outside, that is when the official is going to be formal likely to call it? Like, when you're basically outside, like, the armpit area, give or take? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, <laughs> it's funny you say that because for the most part, I think that a defensive player holds when they're running routes too every play. So, it's like, it's like you know, when do you call it when you're not? Yeah, I think, um, for the most part, it's it's if they see your arm on on the back at all, or if you know there was one that 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 was also called that um, that was on us that I looked at and I was like, I mean, are you really going to call that like uh, against one of the offensive linemen? I'm like that to me, the other guy just he lost, right? But yeah, you know, again, it's it's more the side judge saw what the side judge saw was somebody you know again have their arm right here. And, you know, that's outside of the framework of their body and they're going to call that. So, um, yeah. It's, and a it's, lot of it is crews, right, too? Like, you guys got to know going in, like, hey, certain crews are going to let you guys play. It's like in a baseball where you have a pitcher's umpire, you have like a hitter-friendly umpire. I mean, obviously you want consistency. Some weeks you're going to get that better than others. That's okay. I'll say that. You know, I don't want to get you in trouble <laughs> with the league. I'll say it. You get some more consistent crews than others. But, like, there's definitely some of that, right? Where you know, hey, this crew going in, yeah. they're throwing and, a lot of flags. Or this crew, they're going to let you play a little bit. Yeah, and I think you can tell, like, with within the game itself, right? Like, if, they, if you see a flag thrown and you're like, oh, they're calling that? That's, you know, that maybe maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. it's within that crew. Maybe it's not. But it's, you're like, okay, well, that the standard's been set. The precedent's been set. This is what they're looking for. This is what they're going to call. You get you got to adjust. You got you to gotta know, like, hey, if it looks close at all, just let them go or try to avoid or um yeah just just make sure that doesn't happen okay so i'm doing tv yesterday 
And we have our Jet soundbite going into our conversation. And I guess Garrett Wilson does a weekly interview on ESPN. And he mentioned that there's a players-only meeting. CJ, I don't expect to know what's in a players-only meeting because that's for you guys. And I understand that's that's your role. You guys are together. You're trying to figure stuff out. But in general, I always feel, for me, and again, this is coming from a fan's perspective. I'm not in a clubhouse. I'm not in a locker room. So I... I you know, like I, I played high school baseball, so I, I play <laughs> golf now and it's a disaster. So I, I, I get it's a different level of competition, but I always feel like with managers in baseball, you know, they have the team meeting right before they got their ace on the mound, you know? So it's like convenient timing. Oh, you're having a team meeting, but the Yankees got Garrett Cole on the mound. So it's like set up to have positive results. You've been on a lot of teams. You've played competitive sports at the highest of levels in college, in the NFL. You've played in the Super Bowl. Is there something to the players-only meeting? Or is it, you know, it's it's fodder for me and other media types and fans to talk about? Is it, can there be significance from a players-only meeting? Yeah, for sure. I think um, in that situation, you, you kind of are maybe able to express whatever you want to express without, you know, a coach being there or staff being there or, um, having, you know, kind of like somebody listening into what you want to say. So it's, um, yeah, I think, I think for sure. I think, um, having, having the ability just to express how you're feeling, which don't get me wrong, you can do with the coach there, but to, to an extent it's, um, you know, you don't want to be too selfish, right? Like when, when, when you're talking about talking to a coach, like, I mean, for G, this is, this didn't happen, but in my head, it's like, oh, for Garrett. Garrett could be like, I want to run every single route. I want the ball 35 times because I think that I can win on all. But he's not going to say that, right? Like, and, and he knows within the team, within our scheme, like that's just not a feasible thing, right? So in, in a situation like that, we're able to express like, oh man, like, yeah, of course, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Or I want so-and-so to do this, whatever the case is. But I also expect so-and-so to do this and so-and-so to do this. So we were able to like, we were able to hold one another accountable, express what we kind of wanted right out of the season as, a, as an individual and as a team. And we were able to kind of focus on, hey, look, if if we are going to get where we need to get to, one, we have we have to hold each other accountable. We can't, we can't just be, you know, kind of like, oh, well, you know, this person did that. I was like, I mean, to me, if I, if I get a holding, like I'm going up to people like, yo, that's on me. That's on me. And everyone's like, you know, you're good. We get it, whatever. Now nah, I want someone to be like, well, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> you know, you got to get, get it together. Right. So, you know, and, and we're grown men. We're, we're, we're going to have to be able to take that and not, you know, be like, oh man, well, so-and-so told me I have to get it together. No, like, you know, you know, you have to get it together because, you know, we have to win. We have to do whatever it takes to win. So yeah, it's, it's, um, to me, yeah, I think, uh, in this instant, it, it, instance, it definitely helps. I think, you know, to your point, maybe sometimes it is a little like, oh yeah, we did this. And it was just like, let's tell the media that we did this. But in this, in, in this instance, I think it was good for, for all, all of us to be able to get in there and talk and, um, kind of, you know, hold one another accountable. Listen, I think Jeff fans are going to want to hear that. I think that's music to the ears. A whole lot of fans they are getting ready and you guys are getting ready for monstrous games. That's the thing, CJ. You lose these back-to-back games. You easily had opportunities to win both, especially the Vegas game. But, hey, Buffalo this week, 
my Dolphins the following week, <laughs> it's still in front of you guys. You know, like if you guys go and beat Buffalo, all of a sudden that Black Friday game, monstrous because you got two games left with Miami. It's still, you know, a bunch of games in December, in the early January, where you can kind of position yourselves to be in, you know, a good spot. So I, I'm sure that's got to be something that coach and all you guys within the locker room are talking about, right? Like, listen, what's done is done. But if we go and play our game and all of a sudden you win the next two weeks, you're right where you need to be, dude. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you, I remember, I remember this since like high school. We're talking about coach talk in high school. We would, uh, coaches would always say, remember December, right? Like you get remembered for what you do in the later part of the, of the season. And, you know, you, you go on a run, like you said, I mean, we've got eight, eight games left, right? And, and we're not sitting here at 0 and 9. We're, we're sitting here with it, with, you know, an opportunity to control our own destiny. Still, like you said, we, we have two huge games coming up, um, against divisional opponents and, and, you know, we control our own destiny. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously you're upset with how the last two games went. You're upset that, you know, um, you know, we've been hurting ourselves and, and putting ourselves behind the eight ball and, and not able to score. But at the same time, we come in and today we're like, yo, like, really? <laughs> we still, we're still in a perfect position for where we want to be and to, to, you know, go on a run, make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Like, this isn't like the end of the world. The world is crashing down on us, even though, you know, you hear outside people make it seem like that. You know, we know we know we still have ahead of us. We know that we're capable of of great things and, and that we control our own destiny, which is the, the, the most amazing thing as, you know, these last two games, we're still looking at the, you know, the schedule. We're still looking at the calendar and we're like, you know, we're in a great position. Like you said, we win these next two games. We have the Dolphins again. We have the Pats again, right? Like we're, we're sitting pretty as long as we, we go out there and we execute and we do what we need to do. You guys have had a lot of success against Buffalo. You beat them early in the year. You beat them at home last year. You were in the game last year. I remember in Buffalo before Mike White got hurt. You guys, is it different? Is it different confidence? Is it just, hey, Division game, we know they have Josh Allen. We know they just fired an offensive coordinator. Forget about all that, though, CJ. The Jets, it seems like, have been in a lot of these games with the Bills. Why why do you think that's been the case? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been in a lot of games just in general. Um, That's true. But you you get my point, though, CJ. You played well against them. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think there's any, like, Oh, it's the Bills. There isn't like an added anything, right? Maybe, maybe like you said, I mean, divisional games, you always want to step up. You always want to go crazy against the divisional opponent. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I think for the for the most part, it's certain instances and in, in the, the magnitude of the game, right? Like this year, that first game, you're gonna have a little bit right, of, yeah. you're gonna have a little bit more whatever. And you guys yeah. rode the roller coaster that game, man. Yeah, it exactly. came out on top. So, so yeah, I think um I don't know if it's the Bills as much as it is, you know, it's a divisional game and we 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 need it, right? Like we 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 want to either start off on on the right foot or end it on the right foot or um, continue this momentum. So um, yeah, I think that's that's more so what it is. All right, so I'm sure you're probably sick of getting asked this because everybody gets asked this. And listen, he's he's a big star. He does Pat McAfee. We see him all the time. You know, Aaron, and I'm not expecting you to give me an Aaron timetable. Aaron's not giving anybody a timetable. And I guess we got to see how the next couple weeks go. But from like a locker room perspective, this is where you can maybe help me and the Jeff fans out here. That's got to be like motivational, right? Like when you have a guy who tore his Achilles 
And he's talking about the idea of coming back and says, hey, if we're in it, I'm going to be back. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like if I were in that locker room, I'd be like, guys, let's let's step it up. Let's win a couple of these games. And then Superman comes back. You know, like, is that like something that you guys are looking at? Like, hey, let's get Aaron back on the field. Let's go here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's what you want, right? I, I think <laughs> that's funny. It is crazy. It is, his progress is absolutely. CJ, I have to be honest. The fact that we're like discussing this and I'm like asking you this question with a straight face is like stunning to me, but I'm not putting yeah, it past nah, this guy. I'm not. I, I will say somebody, I, it came back to me today somehow, and I don't remember who said it, but I thought they were messing with me. Someone was like, oh, yeah. Um, it was circulating. Like some people were saying, like, that that we that the Jets lied about it being his Achilles because of how fast he's coming back, and I was like, "What?" I thought they were I thought they were kidding me. And they're like, "No, I'm being that serious." People thought that because he's coming back so fast, it's, it's crazy. Um, no, it is insane. It really is. Um, and you know, talking to him and everyone talking to him, he said, "You know, just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done." And um, he he firmly believes that, and and we believe in him because he's saying that, right? So, um, no, it's insane, and I, I think. You know, yeah, as much as as much as we're playing, you know, to get him back, to get him back in the mix, um, I think too, like, you know, which is something that was was said in that players meeting is, you know, we're we're playing for one another, right? Like, um, it, it was said today also, like, we're playing from I mean, Thomas Thomas came out and said it and you know, we're playing for the guys next to us. We're playing for our livelihoods, we're playing for the fact that our coaches, God bless them, they don't see their wives and their kids as much as you know, some of us get to because they're at the stadium and at the facility the entire time. And we have the luxury of having an iPad where we can watch film at home. And they're like, no, we got a game plan. We got a game plan third now. We got a game plan, you know, red zone, two minute, all these different things. And um, so we're playing for their livelihoods. And, and you know, sometimes it is good to, to be able to hear that. And think, man, like, yeah, obviously you want to play for the name on the back of your jersey, but you want to play for your, for your, for your brother who's, you know, playing for their family playing for the name on the back of their jersey. We want to play for the coaches who are spending God knows how much time at that facility to, to make one cut up that could be, you know, the end all be all for, you know, maybe a punt or um, maybe this, this offensive scheme in the red zone, 12 yard line, right hatch, whatever the case is, you know, you know, those guys are grinding in there. So um, yeah, you know, obviously, like you said, you want, you want to, you want to be in it so that like your, it was your reference Superman coming back. Um, but you also want to play for for those guys who are just giving it their all and busting their ass every day. So you got Thanksgiving next week. You got to get through this Buffalo game, monster. Then you guys have Thanksgiving, but the following day you have a game. So <laughs> it, does that mean no Thanksgiving meal? You guys worried about like being a little too full? You burn, you know, CJ. You guys are athletes. So if you eat early in the day, you know, you burn it off. You guys wake up. What's it? Does that change things at all for like a Thanksgiving uh, feast on Thursday or not particularly? Yeah, I mean, it, it will just because like my pre-game day like is pretty set with like what I'm going to do and what I'm going to eat and like whatever. Um, my family will be here. You know, they'll have a Thanksgiving spread. I think the Thanksgiving spread might be Wednesday or might be like the day after the game or the day of the game, to be honest with you. That actually would be nice right after you play a game, go and eat that food, man. Yeah, that you, sounds like a, sounds like a plan. We It's it's nice that the game's at, the game's at three, right? So um, you can have just like a dinner and just pass out right afterwards. That'd be, yeah. that'd be beautiful. Um, so yeah, no, I think, you know, they, 
you know, that Thursday I won't be, I won't be stuffing my face with turkey and mashed potatoes and mac and cheese and, you know, broccoli casserole, which is fire. My, my so is that your go, is that like your go-to side on Thanksgiving, the broccoli casserole? That my grandma's broccoli and cheese casserole is phenomenal. I gotta say, I'm not like a, to me, I'm not like the biggest ca- or sweet potato. Oh my gosh, sweet potato. Oh my gosh, sweet potato. You're making so me hungry, food. dude. This yeah, is not no, good. Like, this is not good. It's gonna be great. My girl's gonna cook too. Like the spread's gonna be great. Um, but it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be the night of the game. Listen, I like the sound of that. Um, we will through Ellie, who's our, our liaison. We'll work on some sort of wager. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll keep it as fair as can be here for the big Dolphin Jet game. Uh, I'm rooting like crazy for you this Sunday against the Bills. Go beat them by 30 points. Uh, I can't say that I'll be rooting. I hope you go score three touchdowns against the Dolphins and they win by three. You know, that would be ideal. <laughs> right. But, you know, that that to me is best case scenario. But listen, thanks for being a pro, man. I appreciate you answering some tough questions. Got to ask them. You know how we do around here, bro. Yeah. But go score a couple of touchdowns this week. We want to see you in a... You guys are due, you know, like yeah. we're believers in do. It's like me making a putt or hitting a drive on a fairway. <laughs> you guys are going to, you guys are going to have a game where you go and score 40 points, dude. It's going to exactly. happen. Man. Exactly. You know? CJ, thanks, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, really good stuff there from CJ Uzama. And I give him a lot of credit. Look, we're happy to have him on. He gives really good and detailed answers. I understand he probably ticked a lot of you guys off. The entire Jet fan base was ticked off at the offense. And those are killer penalties. He and everybody else were a part of it. He was accountable and honest. So he could hope for. So I, I appreciate, listen, some athletes are going to get really defensive when you ask them questions about something that's going wrong with them. He couldn't have been more of a professional. Says something about CJ Zum. Give him a lot of credit. Give him a lot of credit. Now, Jeff Money, the floor is yours. We got a monster Thursday night game. Monster, monster Thursday night game. So, what's the play? And we'll see if we got a family play. What do we got, buddy? Up, JJ. Jeff Money on a handicap. I picks it to be for Thursday the 16th and Saturday the 18th. For Thursday the 16th, we got to pick our Thursday night game. That's part of a super context picks. But I'm going to go with an edge. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals plus the three and a half over the Baltimore Ravens. On Saturday the 18th, I got college football. Actually, I got five plays. I'm going to go with Michigan minus the 19 over Maryland. I'm going to go with Penn, Penn State minus the 20 and a half over Rutgers. I'm going to go with Iowa minus the three and a half over Illinois. I'm going to go with UNLV plus the three and a half over Air Force. I'm going to go with San Jose State minus the 14 and a half over San Diego State. Again, my plays on Thursday night uh, football game go with the Bengals plus the three and a half. And on Saturday, college football action, I'm go with Michigan minus the 19. Penn State minus the 20 and a half. Iowa minus the three and a half. UNLV plus the three and a half. And San Jose State minus the 14 and a half. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Going with the Bengals, you and the rest of America. Now, I know my picks have sucked, and I've been awful the last couple of weeks. I mean, awful. The comeback starts now. Baltimore Ravens laying to three and a half. There's a reason that line's gone from two and a half to three and a half. Baltimore and what they can do on the offensive and defensive lines should frustrate Cincinnati. Look at the offensive and defensive DVOA metrics and numbers. I'm going to say it's a uh, monster performance for the best team in the division, the Ravens. So I'm going to lay the three and a half. 
You might want to wait and maybe grab a three if there's a three to be had at FanDuel come kickoff, but it is Baltimore pass for me. And go up with college football, Jeff Money. I mean, you're going with Penn State. That's what Penn State does in a nutshell. They kick the crap out of the terrible teams, but, you know, when Franklin goes up in weight class, they can't win these games. They just can't win these games. And then a final thought before I set the stage for what we got coming up this week. Good win for the Knicks tonight. Randall's been much better of late. Give him credit. Brunson at the end of these games, he's exactly the guy you want with the ball in his hands, and he makes a couple of big plays, makes a couple of big shots. He's a winning player. And listen, we all love Mike Breen. Mike Breen is one of the best to ever do it. But it's not too shabby when the Knicks can go and get Gus Johnson out of the bullpen. And when Mike Breen's doing some ESPN broadcasts, you get Gus doing the game. That was cool. Listen, Gus brings me back to my childhood. Yeah, when Houston shot and a lot of moments from the 90s Knicks. So, listen, Gus wants to do a handful of games when Brady's doing, you know, national NBA or Brady's got family commitments or whatnot. That's, I mean, one hell of a one-two punch. That is one hell of a one-two punch. So, good one for the Knicks tonight. And what do we got coming up the rest of the week? Well, Football Friday pod, after midnight, it'll be up. We'll have a quick thought on the Raven Bengal game, and then we'll get you ready for the Jets and the Bills. And Giant fans, get ready for your tankathon guide. We'll have you covered as far as that goes. And then on Sunday, here's what we're doing Sunday, catch. One o'clock games will be there. After I do Ring of Wise Guys, I'm going to be showing up at one o'clock. I'm going to have the table. We'll be watching all the one o'clock games. Come eat, come drink, come hang, come mingle. We'll be doing all of it. So I hope to see a bunch of you out there for the one o'clock games. Then we're all going to gather and watch the Jet game at catch, 4 o'clock game. And then after the Jet-Bill game wraps up, we'll turn the mics on and we'll do our podcast from catch in Astoria. It is a great bar. It's right off the train. TV setup is amazing. Stefan and I were there the other night. They got you covered. So, you know, if you need your team's game on, it will be on. I'm sure they'll have... You know, the sound going for the Giant game and the Jet game, which to me is always important. I always push that. You need the sound on for these games. And then we'll be rocking. We got a couple of surprises. We'll have a couple of special guests. Uh, I hope to see all you out there. Catch in Astoria. It's literally right off the train. Pretty easily accessible. If you're in Brooklyn, you're in the boroughs, you're in you know Westchester County, come on down. Wherever you might be, come on down, come hang. I will be there. And we'll be there from 1 o'clock until about, 8 o'clock at night. So it's going to be a long day, but it's going to be a fun day. So good job by Stefan. Fun bonus pod. Thanks for Sean for coming on. Thanks to CJ Uzama. JJ out. We'll chat in 24 hours. Quick turnaround. But hey, that's what we do around here. Enjoy it. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 
Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.